Welcome to the Embracing No Other podcast. And today we'll continue our exploration on the theme of energetic responsibility. And really that's just how we spend our energy, either consciously or unconsciously, or where do we put it or where is it attracted to, or what are our habits or conditions. Or So really it's to make them conscious so that we can kind of shore up any leakage of energy or to withdraw our attention, which is an energy really, back from something that's not conducive to our sadhana, to our spiritual practice. And that when we take responsibility for our energy, new possibilities can arise because we have the energy to be present and available but when we're lost in, I suppose, these, you could call them energetic cul-de-sacs sometimes, or energetic eddies, little kind of, an eddy is kind of, this kind of swirl you'll see often see in a river, it's just caught in a cycle going around and around. And today I'd like to look at a particular aspect of energetic responsibility and we can call it mind movements. Now in Sanskrit, they could call it vikalpas. And it's basically when there's this propensity to excessively dwell in the mind and in particular states of mind. And we, we're all prone to this to some degree through our lives. And often we have a, a predilection to go in one direction, depending on our makeup. So we'll shine a little light on it and you can assess for yourself, oh, how much time do I spend in this area, this mental space? And is that really the best use of my energy? So really, if we pare it down, we can be lost in, excessively lost in the mind in the future and in the past. So we'll look at the future first. And the future, you know, has, you know, two acts, two aspects, you could say. We have an ability and a propensity to fantasize. We can fantasize about being the hero or being the heroine or the perfect ideal life or partner. Or we can fantasize all these things in the future. We can imagine them, so to speak. And some people are prone to excessively go into that as a means of not being present, as a means to kind of escape. But in that escape, there's kind of a lack of presence because it's not grounded in reality often. It's just a habit pattern set up at a certain age. And maybe it was a coping mechanism at a certain time for, you know, as a child for things were difficult, we'd go off into fantasy, or if we were bored at school, we'd go into fantasy. Or just because as humans, we have this ability to be creative and to think in, in the future, to go into that space. So it's no condemnation of it. It's just to recognize if, you know, we want to be energetic, responsible, and take care of our energetic expenditure as a, you know, spiritual aspirant, then that this kind of 
movement into that mind space can, it's not very productive. And then there's the opposite end of that, you know, fantasizing about happy stories, whatever that is for each particular person. I mean, the opposite would be catastrophizing, imagining the worst thing that could happen. And, you know, this is like, oh, if I, you know, it could be a simple act of, you know, you have to go to a job interview and you imagine all the things that could go wrong. You know, and obviously this is going to lead to so much anxiety. And the same, you can catastrophize like your own death, the death of your children. And really what you're doing is you're activating your nervous system into uh, hyper arousal. And it's, it's very hard on your system to, because often when we're imagining in that direction, catastrophizing, we're really putting our body on alert because for our nervous system, it's getting, you know, a feedback that things aren't good or something wrong. So, you know, these are two ways we can put energy out into this kind of fantasy of a perfect life somewhere or with somebody or doing something or, you know, or else this catastrophizing of things will go wrong. And, you know, there's a whole spectrum in between. But it's generally about this kind of future. And then we can also look then into the past. And the past, again, you know, has this, this polar opposites of maybe we can look at the past through rose-tinted glasses. Now, where everything was, you know, we remembered as a lot more beautiful or well or as it actually was are we kind of reverie we we long we kind of pine for past days when oh, when i was young things were much better or when i was in school or when i was in that job or with that partner and kind of you wanted to go back and dwell in your memories of it and there's all, all you know with any kind of any kind of fantasy or even imagination, there's always a feeling tone to it as well. So the body is always involved, even though it's a mental, a mental pursuit in general. And then we can also look back on the past and, you know, feel very regretful or very guilty. And we can dwell on that, you know, maybe the mistakes we made or what we feel guilty about or things we don't want people to know or, you know, and we can go into that space and, and that's a heavy energy and we're really getting mired in that. And it shows that it hasn't been resolved in the system, that if there was some regret, we haven't put it to bed and we're being pulled back into it. So our energy has been taken by it, you could say. And very often, we can get lost in these future past mindscapes into memories or fantasies and we're not fully conscious we're doing it it's kind of half daydreaming half we're not fully aware we're doing it sometimes other times we fully give ourselves to it 
and again it's no condemnation because you know we have this ability to be self-reflexive to look back on our past and say oh wow you know maybe i wasn't as conscious as i would have liked to have been then and that's very useful and we can really make you know benefit of that and say well i'll try a different way next time or i'll apologize to that person and we put it to bed and you know if we can bring a more clear kind of balanced view to some of the past things instead of looking back with total rose-tinted glasses we'll remember well you know that life is in a movement there's always ups and downs and challenges it can't stay static at one time in our life because we have to evolve and we evolve through the challenging times as much as the happy times so to pine for the past can can really take us from the present moment and that's where probably we're most alive so when we're caught in this mind space we're losing out on the preciousness of the present moment and the aliveness and that real deep beautiful connection of spirit of feeling truly at ease and at one and if we're lost in the past or the future excessively lost then we're missing out on that and of course then if it's really habitual that we're lost in the future or past then it can be nearly like an addiction or a habit pattern and then we have to take steps to learn how to really bring that to a halt if we feel it's it's pertinent you know through different forms of meditation or our own willpower or just bringing a rational and present perspective to it or just really <laughs> saying is this energetically responsible for me and is it nourishing for me and is my energy better used in other areas? There's also another aspect of this excessively dwelling in the mind and that it's not so much future or past, it's, but it's using, it's using information or data or problems in the present moment to distract ourselves, a, a way of kind of avoiding uncomfortable feelings or a difficult situation or perceived boredness or just not being able to face whatever's happening in life so you know some examples of that might be you know excessively watching the news or statistics on the news or looking at puzzles crosswords sudoku some people get lost in sudoku sudoku but it's kind of you know our video games and for me when I was younger it was very much films if I was having you know a difficult time for me to put on a film or two films in a row and just to lose myself in them so I wouldn't have to think about whatever or feel whatever was happening that was difficult at that time and you know that was my level of consciousness at the time so it was a, a temporary relief but as we become more conscious, it's 
we don't want to lose the opportunity to resolve whatever's happening in the present moment. Now, I still enjoy a film, but it's, I suppose, It's where you're not trying to hide from the present moment or move from the present moment. Either through fantasizing, catastrophizing, into regret, guilt or reverie, or into this kind of data, the data of the world, because there's no one to data on puzzles and games and information. And, you know, the same goes true for TV programs too, I suppose, and dramas. So there's always a balance between, you know, just fun and entertainment and really habitually or excessively losing yourself in something. And it can even be into politics. We can excessively dwell in the realm of politics or news. And You know, it's very important that more conscious people do come into politics and move through that. But a lot of politics can be just drama. Like EastEnders, it's kind of tit-for-tat, very surface stuff and really not looking at the deeper movements of what's needed for humanity and the changes and real dialogue. But there are people in that as well, becoming very conscious and moving into that. So that just opens up the area for you to contemplate. And so really it's... Are we lost in or giving energy to, or leaking energy to, fantasies of happy ever after, or catastrophizing and creating a lot of anxiety, or into some reverie of the past, or else a guilt or regret, which again has a toll on our, our system and our emotional well-being. Or do we lose ourselves in data of some description, data or drama, problems or information overload and really how do these feed our egoic sense of self is our egoic sense of self getting fed regret or anxiety or reverie or loads of information as a means to you know bolster intelligence or to avoid problems And none of these things are bad in themselves. It's not a moralistic thing. It's just an energetic conservation and becoming energetically conscious. And of course, there's also spiritual fantasy or spiritual regret or spiritual reverie or spiritual catastrophizing or spiritual data crunching. So what I mean by that, we can fantasize about our own maybe what it'd be like to be a spiritually awake or enlightened we can lose ourselves in that or we can catastrophize and say oh, i'll never be awake and i'm you know i'm i'm not worthy and go into all that kind of and we have then the proof we can go into past memories and guilt and regrets and go i've done all these things i'm not worthy and so even spiritually 
not going to fantasy or catastrophizing or regret or reverie to be present as you are and not even get lost in all the data of spirituality even this data thank you for spending this time with me and i wish you well <laughs>